Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Lift your hands, would you? Father, today we give you the glory, we give you the honor. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to come into your house, to meet with you, Lord, to come into your presence. Father, to be in your presence. God, we're not just coming to a meeting. We're coming to meet with you, God Almighty. And we love you and praise you. Now give him a praise, would you? Amen. Come on, tell him how much you love him. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Well, how's your new year going so far? (laughs) Great and getting better. How many made New Year's resolutions? You didn't even try? How many really? Come on. How many have kept them? Be honest now. How many have not kept them? How many have not even attempted to? (laughs) Amen. Me neither. (laughs) I figure... Why mess with something that's going pretty well? (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, but you know, typically, what do you do on the the new year? You usher in the new, right? Most most people, you know, well, maybe people don't do it anymore. I don't know, but it used to be a thing. (laughs) You make a New Year's resolution. You want things to be better. You know, you're going to eat healthier. You're going to exercise more. You're going to blah, 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 right? All these things, and then what's today? January 8th? Usually by then, it's like, yeah, well, that's old, old history. <laughs> so we have good intentions. We have good uh, hearts and thoughts towards the future. But, you know, it's like Paul said, spirit's willing, flesh is weak. <laughs> I got to tell you, once in a while, I do think about eating healthier. But I found something this week that completely blew that out of the water. I'm like, okay, I'm... I'm going to have, instead of ice cream, I'm going to get yogurt, right? And so I get this new yogurt. The brand is Noosa Coconut. I break it out last night while I was studying. I mean, it's all over my pages. It It was so good. I was like gobbling it up. It's like a dessert. And so I look on the deal. It's got twice the calories of a bowl of ice cream. So my intention was there. But I am hooked forevermore on that. Forget about it. (laughs) You know, but shout grace. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his do-overs. Thank God for his help to do what we need to be doing. Amen. But you know, it is a new time. It's not just the passing of an old year and the start of a new. I believe that honestly on God's calendar, it is a time for a new beginning. It's a time, a new year is a time for a fresh start, to wipe away the old, start over, start fresh, and to move forward in a new spirit, amen? And I believe it's very significant. It's not just an old tradition. It's not just something that used to happen. It really is where God gives us times to reset the clock, 
Amen. Who needs a reset today? Amen. Who wants their life in 2023 to be better than it was in 2022? Amen. Some of you didn't raise your hands. You must be really, really blessed or doing great or just maybe coasting a little bit. Who wants their life in 2023 to be? Amen. It's like this. Larry says this, and he'll probably say it next week too. But what did I, I heard him talking to somebody on the phone. He said, may your worst days of, may your, okay. That, yeah, that's not what he said. <laughs> may your best days of 2022 be as your worst days of 2023. Amen. Amen. Did you catch that? Did I say it right? Makes sense? Amen? That's cool, right? Right? So let's think in those terms. Let's not just kind of roll into 2023. Well, same old, same old. Another year, same deal, you know. Whatever comes my way. You know, if you've ever called um, Nancy Cole and gotten her voicemail, And it's been this way since I've known her for how many years? 25 years. Wow. We're getting younger every year, right? But if you've gotten her voicemail, she'll say, this is Nancy Cole. Very cheery, cheery. Please leave a message, blah, 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 blah. And instead of saying, have a great day, Nancy says, go make yourself a great day. I love that. So everybody call. I'll give you her number after fact. Where's my logo? Gotcha. Living in the flow of God's favor is my message today. Amen. So along with New Year's comes resolutions, comes commitment, comes a new vision, a new purpose, a new plan. I love setting goals. I'm very goal-oriented myself, maybe sometimes a little too much, but sometimes people have to rein me in, people that I know closely. Back off, Mom. Come on. We got this. But let me tell you a little story I read years ago. I think this is so cute. How many remember Charles Schultz, Charlie Brown? Don't you just love Charlie Lucy, Pigman, <laughs> because they're so symbolic of personality types. But Lucy, the overachie- overachiever, challenges Charlie to a bow and arrow shooting contest. So you see her with her bow and arrow. I don't know, maybe it was a cartoon. I don't remember so long ago. But anyway, Lucy gets up there with the bow and arrow. She's got the target on the fence. And whoo! Boom, right on the bullseye. She's gloating and, you know, so prideful as she always does to Charlie. Now you take your best shot. So he picks up the bow with the arrow, turns the opposite way to the far end of the fence and just shoots one off 20 feet from from the target. Then he takes a marker and he goes over and he draws a circle around where his arrow hit. He's like... That way I always hit my mark. (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's a good one, right? (laughs) So 
I think, you know, a lot of times we just live our life that way. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Put a circle around where we hit, you know, no intention, no prep, no warm up, nothing, but that'll do. And we can kind of live our lives that way, unintentional, really, just kind of going with the flow, just kind of day to day, and just kind of letting life come at us rather than going after life. Amen? So I think that, you know, honestly, whether we're overachievers and ambitious, whether we're in the middle, whether we're just kind of taking things day by day, very casual, and that's cool too. You know, I'm not, not you know, judging personality types. I'm just saying that I think that we all need to live our lives intentionally and on purpose and looking for goals and trying to hit a mark, not just for our own selves, not just for our own gain, but for the glory of God. You know, in our lives, we have tried for, you know, almost 50 years, really, not to build a large ministry, not to have a bigger church, not to have more, more, more. But the more people we win to the Lord, the more we're changing the world and doing the work of God. So to us, you know, it's that that drives us is to be all that we can be for God, to do everything that he has for us to do, to accomplish greater things than we ever could on our own for him, to do more, to be more, to accomplish more, to make an impact for him. And especially in these times, my goodness, the world is in a famine and a drought for God. They don't even know it's God they need. But the world, remember that old song, what the world needs now is Jesus. Oh my word, more than ever, ever, ever before. In history, I believe, although the world has always needed Jesus, but right now, this is our generation. This is our world. This is our lives, our children. This is our chance to hit that mark and do something, many things great for God. And sometimes we sit there and we feel moved, uh, but sometimes somewhere between what we can and can't do, we don't necessarily do much because it's like, well, I can't go to Africa and be a missionary. Well, I'm not called to this or that. Well, you know, I can't uh, stand up and preach with a microphone and, you know, have a TV program. But guess what? Every single day you have an audience around you. You have a sphere of influence. You have a family. You have people that live next door to you. You have people that you'll meet in the grocery store that you don't even know what's going on in their lives. Sometimes God will just catch me unaware. I'll, I'll be out just running my errands or doing this and that. And I'll be standing next to somebody. Oh, you know, chit chat. How you doing? You know, well, you know, and maybe they'll open up about something. Well, lo and behold, what a God set up, you know, and just instead of just like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, take that opportunity 
to tell them about the Lord, to offer some prayers for them. Well, I know someone that can help you. I know, I know someone that can change your world and invite them to church and follow up on them and bring them to church. You know, one person's life. You know, Larry has taught this so much, but in ancient Jewish wisdom, they say that if you save one life, it's as if you've saved the whole world. Well, yes, there's multitudes. There's billions of people on the planet, but we can start with one. We can start with one. Amen. Somebody reached out to a broken drug addict. Looking for a life change named Larry Huck uh, in 1975. And if that one person, Bill Trahil, had not had the courage to walk up to this long hair, drug addict, stoned guy. I don't know if anybody else would have ever. And just to put that in perspective, in all of our years since we've been born again, since 1975, I don't believe that there's ever been one time that someone has come up to us to tell us about Jesus. You know, somebody might see us on the street. They don't necessarily know, you know, that he's a pastor. I mean, you know, I'm just using him. I'm not bringing me into it, but just in his life, you know, you would think You know, over the years, somebody else would have come along and, hey, you know, do you know Jesus? Well, yeah, I actually do, you know. But in all those years, you wonder if that was the only opportunity that would have come his way. So you think about the value of one soul to God. Think about your life making a difference. We are called to change the world, but yes, globally, but also just with what's set before us, the opportunities that God brings our way that are right before us, whether it's one person, whether it's, uh, uh, being available and showing up for church and doing all the things that we'll talk about in a few minutes, but The direction that I'm going today is how do we live in the flow of God's favor? Don't we all desire to have our lives just kind of get in a rhythm of flowing in a, you know, have you ever, have you ever floated a river? You know, I'm, I'm from Montana. And so, uh, you know, everything was outdoorsy and Back in high school and college, we'd be floating rivers all the time. We'd get rubber rafts, we'd float the Yellowstone. You know, y'all probably know that show Yellowstone now, you know. Well, we floated those rivers, you know, and get in the raft and start in one city. And, you know, three days later, you're in another city down the, down the river. And, you know, uh, it's not like paddling across an ocean or a lake. You know, you just kind of get in the flow and, you know. <laughs> That river takes you there because it's flowing and you're in that flow. Amen. That's how I look at the favor of God. You know how, you know how you're in an airport and you get on that escalator, that flat escalator. 
I love that thing because <laughs> I like to get there and be there. I want to just fast track to where I'm going, you know. And so even if we're not in a giant hurry at the airport and we could just walk the regular, I like to get on that thing. And I just, you know, you're walking at the same speed you normally do, but you're going five times faster. I like living life with the same effort, but with multiplied results. Amen. How about you? How about you? Honestly, really? So that's where I picture that's living in the flow of God's favor. You are living, you're doing the same kind of work, the same effort, but God is multiplying your results. You're working as hard as you possibly can. But God is turbocharging the results, the multiplication, the influence, the favor, the grace, the provision. Amen. All of those things. That's what the favor of God is. I think I used this illustration a few weeks ago, but it's so, so appropriate that I'm going to say it again. But, uh. Remember, I, I, I told you about this story, and honestly, I don't know if it's completely true. It might be just an illustration made up, but it has a point. So you've got this young guy. He's a janitor at a commercial building, and, you know, he's the vacuumer. So, you know, vacuuming could get pretty boring, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So what he does is he puts on his headphones, and he listens to his music or whatever, So he's got that long, long cord. It's plugged in. He's working his way down the hallway and listening to the music, not looking behind him. Gets all the way down there, turns around and realizes he wasn't plugged in. So he did all that work with zero results because he wasn't plugged into the power. Well, that's how we can live our lives if we're not plugged in to the power of God. We can do the same work in the natural realm, but not be plugged into the power. And our results are going to be the product of our labor. Or we can plug in to God's power, his Holy Spirit, and multiplied. Same effort, thousand times more results. How about that? How about that, honestly? You know, one of the things I notice in a new year, I've seen this a lot the last couple weeks, you know, on social media, you see, you know, prophecies for the new year. You see people, you know, God's going to do a suddenly, you know, God's going to just turn your story upside down suddenly, you know, and turn things around and listen, absolutely he can and he will, but in the course of living your life for God and living in the flow of his favor, suddenlies mostly come in the course of going in directions of God's will. So, yes, God can do anything. But even if you read the stories in the Bible, just a random suddenly out of nowhere usually isn't the total picture. You know, there is a rhythm that God has. There's a path that he shows us. 
to move in sync with him and to move in sync with his blessings, his favor, his grace, help, equipping. You see, God has a destiny for you. He has a path from before you were ever even born. And so it's not just us wandering around trying to get blessed or trying to make it or trying to figure this thing out. It's us getting in sync in our minds, our hearts, our souls, getting on that path, staying on that path, obeying the things that he tells us to do and shows us to do. Does it mean we're perfect and we never wander a little or get off? No, but his grace covers that and helps us to just get back on course. I've told you this story before, but it's one of my absolute favorites. Years ago in Portland, we had a balcony upstairs and we had side, you know, stairs that went up there. And this young man and his uh, young family, they had recently... Uh, gotten saved, great, great family, and um, two little boys. And he had come out of a very abusive home. His father was incredibly abusive. Matter of fact, went to jail for it. And um, so this guy, when he got saved, God really changed his life, changed his heart. But he had issues with understanding that God loved him and cared about him. He had that you know, flinch from being abused, thinking that if he messed up or wasn't perfect, that God would, you know, be out to get him or punish him. And so he really had issues with this and it was just weighing him down. And so he came to church one day um, and, and he told me this story later and it really, really was such a great illustration. He was going up to the balcony to sit with his family. His wife was going up first. He had the little boys by his hand. And he's walking up the stairs, just helping his little guy up there, about three years old. And the little boy stumbled on the step. And father just picked him up, put him on the next step. They kept walking. And he said, it just hit him. That's how the God, the father, is with us. He's got our hand. He's leading us. He's helping us. Maybe we stumble. Maybe we fall. Maybe we do something dumb and cause it ourselves. Just picks us up, puts us on the next step, and we keep on going. You know what? Uh, Lift your hands right now. I want you just to receive that spirit of God the Father. That is so critical to how our lives move forward is understanding God loves us. God loves us. He's in your corner. He's not out to get you. He's not looking for you to stumble on the step. He's, he knows he's got you on a staircase of climbing, but he's there holding your hand. You stumble, you falter, he just picks you up, lifts you to that next step, and we keep on going. Amen. As long as we're trying and moving forward, God is right there with us. Now, that's a big difference from deliberately going out and just 
going off the path. But that's another story. Today we're talking about the goodness, the goodness of God. When I came out to the service, I heard, uh, I heard Luke talking about in the offering. And he used a quote that I'm using. And uh, having to do with God's suddenlies. So about 25, no, probably 30 years ago, I read this book. How many like basketball? (laughs) All right. Y'all remember Coach Pat Riley with the Lakers? Okay. He wrote a book on leadership. I love this book. Have you read it? Oh, it's a good book. And it's talking about leadership. And one of the things that he talks about, and this is where I got this quote, because he said that, you know, in building a team, it's not just building one uh, player at a time. You got to build them as a team. And he talked about, uh, you know, a lot of times the, the younger guys or the second, second team or, you know, the second, uh, what do you, string, you know, they'd be like, coach, put me in, push me, put me in, put me in. I'm ready. I'm ready. And he'd say, I know you're ready, but you're not prepared. You want to be in there, but you haven't done the work to get there. And so you're not ready. So don't tell me you're ready. Go sit down on the bench. And when you decide to really get ready and prepared, I'll put you in. Okay. But this is what he said. Luck happens when preparation meets opportunity. And boy, that hit me. And I've used that all these years in the sense of in the natural realm, you know, people think, oh, if I was just lucky, if I could just catch a break, you know, but when very seldom does just luck hit us like lightning, luck happens when we're preparing and getting ready and moving forward and doing the work and trying as best as we can and intentionally moving on that path and boom, we meet that opportunity. Well, that to me, that saying that's in the natural realm, but I have used that. And then I change it up and say, miracles happen when preparation meets opportunity. And I believe that so much. Can I get a big amen from you? Listen, I'm, I'm preaching to me right now. I'm preaching to all of us because this is something that never ends. This is not, you know, it's like Dr. Schuler used to say, success is never ending and failure is never final. Amen. Success is never ending and failure is never final. You know, you fail, you mess up, great, get up. Fall down eight times, get up nine. Amen? Amen? It's not the falling down, it's the getting up. It's not getting knocked down. It's what you do after you're on the ground. You get back up and you keep moving. And that's God and his restoration. But success doesn't end when you accomplish one goal. Moving forward is... In God's kingdom, till the day that we die and go to be with him, we have a purpose. We have a vision. We have a job to do. We are to tikkun olam, to repair the broken world, step by step, one by one. And that's what we're doing. And that's the path that we're moving on. So in that course, 
We're not setting out to get blessed necessarily. We're setting out on that path to do God's will and to serve him. And in that comes God's flow of favor. Amen. So when you give it out and you do, it comes back to you. So the number one thing, and I see, is the steps to walking in, living in God's blessing, is number one, our relationship with him. Number one, that is the avos. That is the avot. That is the number one thing. How many know what the avos is, the avot? What, Derek, what is it? The first Thank you. It's the beginning of a thing. And what that means is how you begin a thing determines how you will end that thing. So especially in a new year, but in anything, any area of our life, how you begin a thing determines how it ends. Amen. So for instance, do we have any architects here? What's the first thing you're going to do? On a beautiful building, pick out the beautiful windows, pick out the beautiful design, pick out, yeah, in your mind, but the very first actual physical thing you do, dig down that foundation, plant those piers, put in those steel beams, because how you begin a thing determines its course and its end. In any area of life, in Any area of life, how you start determines how you're going to finish. So even in the course of this new year, setting our goals, putting God first is the most important thing to do. You know what hit me this week is life is so busy. Even when we love God with all our heart, it's hard to fit it in, isn't it? It's hard to fit in a time of prayer and worship and Bible study in the morning. You know, we work till we're, you know, out of steam at night. We do all the things we need to do. We fall into bed. Boom. You know, we're asleep. Wake up in the morning, the to-do lists, immediately calling our name, the dishes, whatever work, you know, lists, to-dos, all those things. Boom. They're calling at us. But before we start all those things. Make our first appointment of the day with God. It doesn't have to be an hour in prayer. I mean, if you can, glory to God. We've had many years where that was, you know, our pattern in our life. It's not necessarily always that way. But 10 minutes, 15 minutes, first thing in the morning, before you start looking at all of your lists, before your mind is there, before you're off doing this, all these things, think and focus on him. Before you think about how great your challenges are, think about how great your God is. Before you focus on your mountains of to-do lists, focus on the mountain mover. Amen. I'm telling you, it will change the course of your day. How you start your day in faith and joy and confidence will determine how your day goes and ends. 
And that applies to your day, your life, your years, your whatever. I'm telling you, it is so real. The other thing that really hit me this week, whew, I mean, it really hit me, is before God called you to be a pastor, before God called you to be a business person, he has a destiny specific to each of us. But before he ever called us to be something or to fill a role or to be a mom or to be a dad or to be, you know, whatever it is, (laughs) he called us to be his. He called us to be his own. God Almighty, God Almighty saw you and you and you before you were ever even conceived. Said, I'm calling you to be mine. Whew. Talk about special. You know, it made me think in how could I illustrate this? You know, it. One of my husband's heroes is Bibi Netanyahu, Prime Minister of Israel. And he's had the privilege of meeting him several times. And, you know, um, a few months ago, we had had Sam and the guys from from Karen Hizot and, and the parliament. And they were in. And the things that we've done, the projects that we've all done together. And um, Ron Dermer was here, the ambassador. And uh, so... That afternoon, Larry was with them and at the Cowboys game. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Ron Dermer says, Pastor Larry, uh, someone wants to talk to you on my phone. And it was Bibi Netanyahu. He called to talk to Larry. He called him to tell him he was proud of him. He called him to tell him he was a friend of Israel's and a friend of his. He called him, and I can't tell you how much that meant to him. But I got to tell you, God Almighty has called you. He's calling. He's calling. He's calling. He's called you out to live a life set apart with billions and billions and billions of people in the world He sees you. He sees you specifically. He saw you before you became a Christian, before you got cleaned up. He saw you before you called him Lord. He saw you before you were even born. He said, I'm calling you to be mine and to set you apart in the world to make a difference, to live for me, to know me. I mean, I can't tell you. What it would mean to my husband if Bibi called him and said, come sit down with me. Let's go to dinner and let's talk. Let's just come to my office. Let's just talk about the world. But God Almighty is calling you and I to talk with him, to come into his office, to come into his inner court, to say, sit with me. Let's walk in the cool of the day. Let's talk. You and I have the access 
to God Almighty. There's times, there's times just sometimes I don't even talk. I just get in his presence and I'm like, that's really you. (laughs) This is really you. I'm not just asking for something. I'm not just praying and God, please do this. God, do this. God, God, we need blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, this is God with a capital G. And just God, saturate me with your wisdom, your direction, your vision, your plans, your purposes, your greatness. God, help me to get a God-sized vision for my life. And that right there, to me, is the second most important key for our future, for our life, to live in the blessings and the favor of God, is to not just try and figure out what you're going to do with your life, but to get before God and say, God, what is your vision for my life? I pray this every day. You know, every day I can say that we try to, you know, for our entire ministry is to go full steam ahead. What's before us? What do we have? You know, where we think we're going? What's the vision that God has for us? What is this calling? What are we supposed to be doing? And we try to accomplish those things. But you know, at this point in our lives, you know, it's very, it's a little bit different. It's not like you have, you know, I mean, maybe we do 50 years ahead of us in ministry, but we feel like it's very important that we focus on the, the most important thing that we can possibly do for God. And in this season of what's going on in the world and the things and the atmosphere, what is it, God, that you have for us to make the greatest impact for you? Well, I believe as pastors, that's important. But I believe every one of us, that's important. God, what is it that is the most important thing that I can do with my life? It's stewardship. It's stewardship. It's editing out the fluff, editing out the noise of the world, editing out the things that are not important. There's so much distraction in the world. The world has never been in the situation that it is right now that is so uh, demanding. There's so many things that we have to do in life. We're so busy. But then there's so much chaos and so much chatter. I mean, you can plug onto the internet. You can watch TV. When I was a kid, the TV was on for, what, eight hours a day? At midnight, that Indian would come on in the circle. <laughs> you know, day's over. You go to bed. Comes back on in the morning. When we lived in Australia, you had three hours of TV a day. Not that we had even TV, but I mean, you didn't have that constant. Well, I got billion and two channels. What do I want to watch tonight? You know, and just that endless. There was, there's so much. You get on the internet. Five hours later, oh, where'd my day go? You get on social media. Oh, that one hurts, right? You know, watching somebody walk their dog. (laughs) Wow. Watching somebody stir a mix of a cake. I'm putting in flour. Now I'm stirring again. (laughs) I'm pouring it in a pan. (laughs) 
Now I'm putting it in the oven. I mean, okay. There are certain things that's cool, you know? But my goodness, you've got to rein it in. You've got to rein it in. You know, I saw something in an office the other day, and it was this little sign. It said, oh, I'm having a party. Want to come over and sit on the couch with everyone else and scroll our phones? <laughs> I mean, people don't even communicate anymore. It's like you go in, you go in a waiting room somewhere. Mm-hmm. Nobody says hello. Nobody, you know, it's like, it's a weird world, you know? But... It can waste so much of our time. I'm not saying we can't have pleasure, we can't have fun, we can't do things. But if you're going to accomplish things in life or with God, you've got to rein that stuff in. You know, you've got to focus and make intentional choices. There's a word that, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, we edited out our offices and that's a word I used to say, we decluttered, we cleaned, but now it's, we edited. <laughs> I like it. But it's like, mom, do you really need that? No. Do you even like it? No. Then out. It's going. Okay. Now let's replace it with something intentional that I like. You know, that's a cool thing. Well, that's how we need to look at our lives. We need to edit out those things that are just chaos, that are just time wasters, that are just baggage. You know, we keep things around as relics, but get it out and just clean up your life, streamline it, and it feels so good. Then we can put our mind into effective things. Amen? There's so much that we have to edit in our lives to be effective. I'm telling you, there's, we have to edit the voices that are speaking into our lives. You know, you can watch so much TV. You, hey, listen, even on the positive conservative news channels. You can only put so much in this brain. You know, the other day somebody asked me, well, do you, I need this information and this and that. And I'm like, man, if I didn't write it down, forget it. You know, (laughs) because our short-term memories only have so much capacity. And so you can only retain so much information or process so much at a given time. So if you've got all this junk flowing through your mind, oh, you know, such and such and such. I'm not saying get, you know, don't, don't pay attention to what's going on in the world. But, you know, some, at some point we've got to focus on what's really important for our life, for our future, for our plans, for our vision. Edit out the voices. You've got to edit out the noise. You have to edit out the negative. If you're going to walk in faith and walk in God's favor, you've got to edit out that negative. Listen, we live in this world, but we're not of this world. Most of the news, whether it's on TV or in a magazine or in a newspaper or from an authority, is negative. And it is only negative because that's what captures people's imagination. There's a big bill in Congress right now about the effects of social media They're saying that all of the things that get posted, reposted, 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 all the things that catch people's attention and people respond to, 99% of it is negative, anger-based, or uh, to stir people up. It's not good news. 
It's not good news. It's all the junk. And that's what feeds people. And so that's what they respond to. Oh, gosh, gosh, you know. And that's where we have to just, listen, I don't need that in my mind. I got other things to think about. I edit out voices in my head. Even if I'm going to get my hair done or something, my people know I'm not here to chit chat. (laughs) I don't want to be rude, but I'm working you know, I put in my earplugs. I'm like doing my stuff. I got things to do here. I don't need to hear about, you know, the dog that, uh, <laughs> I mean, people just talk. It's like, okay, I'm not trying to be rude, but listen, this is my two hours right here. I, you know, I have thoughts of my own that I need to process. <laughs> Sorry, but you know, you have to edit out the negative people in your life. There are Debbie Downers. There are, sorry, Nance, but negative Nancy's. <laughs> Not in this room. <laughs> negative Nellie's. <laughs> sorry, just, sorry, just rolled off the tongue. <laughs> they're cynical Charlies. They're cynical Sam's. You know, they're everywhere. And, you know, you, you, you can't necessarily remove everyone from your life, but you can certainly remove their influence. And that's so, so, so important. There's times in Larry's and I lives, it's like, you know what? We got to, we got to limit who's, you know, he's got to limit who's talking to him before service. It's not that they're going to steal the anointing, but there's distractions and there's, you know, maybe what's going on in the world. He doesn't need that in his mind before he's coming out to bring the word of God, the good news in all of our lives. You know, maybe it was the holidays. And I remember years and years and years ago when there was, you know, a certain event was coming up and we knew that there was going to be, you know, some people there that tend to always be, you know, negative. I said to Larry, we're not going to set ourselves up for a surprise that it's going to be that way. It is what it is. That person is that way. So that's how they want to be. That's not going to affect us. That's not going to ruin our evening. You know, uh, we have to be there. We have to be with that, but that's not going to define our evening. There's tons of things that are great going on. I'm not going to focus on that. We were in a meeting back in Australia, back in the eighties. And this gentleman that Larry was preaching for, it was a great meeting. I mean, he lived in this little town. All these people came in for this meeting. God was moving. It was just a beautiful, beautiful service. Miracles happening. People giving their lives to the Lord. And Larry and I were so ecstatic. I mean, it was like, you know, 100 people back then. That was, you know, a big deal in that setting. And after the service, the pastor comes up to Larry and he goes, Did you see that guy that came in the back? He, he sat there and stared you down. He was like, you know, did you see that guy? And Larry's like, brother, no. I saw all the people responding to the Lord. I saw all the things that God is doing in your church, man. What are you looking at him for? And the guy's like, wow. And Larry told him, he said, you know, the other day when we were out walking on the beach, he said, I had like an an epiphany. And he said, here we were, you know, this, this little town was actually on the coast of Australia. 
West Australia. And Larry, we're, we're walking along, and Larry picks up. There's this beautiful, beautiful sun sunrise. And Larry picks up this rock or this shell and was looking at it. And he's like, wow, that is really, really interesting. And he pulls it like up to look at it and realizes it just blocked out the entire view. And so he tells this guy, he goes about this story and he says, you know, the other day I'm looking at this beautiful panorama, one of the most beautiful spots on the face of the earth. And yet I picked up this old, old stone and in looking so hard at that, pulled it so close, it blocked out that entire beautiful view. He goes, that's what you're just doing to your church. Here's God moving. You picked up that face of that fella that didn't approve and you looked so close that you completely missed what God's doing. I love Nancy. I gave you credit for this. Uh, I'm, I'm repenting for calling you. Na- I didn't call you. I just, <laughs> I didn't call you negative Nancy. I just, no, but Nancy has some great, great quotes. And she always, always said, you know, what you focus on not only determines what you see, it determines what you miss. And so we can focus on the good or we can focus on that one little bad thing. And we miss out on what God's doing. That's so critical for living in the flow of God's favor. Next thing, choosing to become a chosen one. Have you ever heard that scripture? Many are called, but few are chosen. Matthew twenty two fourteen. Wouldn't you just love to be God's chosen one? How many ever in your life, in your school days, were envious of someone who was teacher's pet? How about your, how about in your kids growing up or in your own life? Did, you know, we just went through Christmas. Uh, How many parents know when you're picking out presents for your kids, everyone has to have the equal monetary value and you can't have five for one and one for another. I mean, Christmas is so stressful in that way. And the bigger your families get, it's like, (laughs) I'm just writing a check for everybody the same amount. I can't deal with that. And so we all know it's like, and believe me, kids know. Hmm, Price tag on the bottom of that. (laughs) Right? Right? And one kid gets, gets something that's more and extra special. Oh, believe me, they're there. Yeah, there's notice. It's like, Hey, take them in the back. What makes you so special? You know, right? It's a no-win situation, right? (laughs) Come on, y'all, smile with me. (laughs) But we all want to be favored. We all want to be in God's good book, right? On his favorites list. How do we get there? What causes us to be a chosen one? It's not that God just has favorites or that he's selective, but he calls us... I believe there's many things that the scripture talks about. But one thing I believe is that he calls us every single person. But it's those that respond to that that become the chosen one. And so as God puts out his call for a new level of being set apart, editing out those bad influences in our lives, 
the sinful people. You know, the world is sinful. Maybe in different variations. Maybe, you know, you're not hanging out with the worst of the worst, but maybe you're hanging out with the gray areas. Or maybe you're hanging out with people that are good people, but they're negative. And they're dragging your dreams down. Or they're dragging your thinking down. Or they're planting negative unbelief in your life. And so God is calling us to rise to a new level with him. God's calling us to go from an okay life to a good life. To go from a good life to a great life. To go from maybe seeing a sparkle of miracles here and there, here and there, a sparkle of blessings or hope, to living in a flow of his favor, his grace, his help, his equipping, where he takes our not enough and turns it into more than enough, where he takes our tragedies and turns them into triumphs, where he takes our times of, of, of despair and, and depression and tough situations and turns them into victories where he does those suddenlies. But like I said, those suddenlies usually come on that path that we're on where our obedience and our pressing and our pushing and our praying and our doing more for God and our editing out the bad and editing in the good that's where we meet with those suddenlies does that make sense do you understand I'm not diminishing believe me I just wrote a book on miracles by the moment I'm a big believer in miracles absolutely you know that's what we're all about but I'm also a huge believer in doing the work in walking the walk, living the life that honors God and that brings those blessings of God. In conclusion, there are so many different things. I still have uh, 14 pages of notes, but <clears throat> I won't uh, belabor you. But it's a package deal. It's a package deal. And the more that we do for God, the more the blessings come in our lives. We not only bless and help our own lives as we serve God, but as we work for God and serve him and help to tikkun olam, change the world, give our time in prayer, give our effort at church to help others, to be a part of what God's doing. God himself even apart from just that reciprocal blessing, sowing and reaping, God himself says that he sees our efforts. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures. I know I say this every scripture I give you. My favorite scripture. <laughs> I have so many though because I live by them. But this for me, because we're pastors, blesses me in blessing our people. Hebrews 6:10. Our God is not unjust. He will not forget your work that you have shown him as you have helped the people and continue to help them. And I would be 
remiss if I did not say that part of tikkun olam is church. Is church. Being here. We all know how often the Bible talks about blessed are the faithful. In our modern terms, I like it like this. Blessed are those that show up. God bless you for showing up. God bless you for being faithful. God bless you for being a mingler, a greeter. God bless you for being an amener. God bless you for supporting all the things that we do. God bless you. And he will. I'm telling you, you can never, ever outgive God. And let me just read you something I wrote last night. Come to church to be fed. But come to help feed others. Well, you know, I can get the same thing. I, I can get just as much when I'm streaming at home. Yeah, but you know what? You can't give as much by streaming. Because guess what? When I'm up here teaching, I need Andy hooting and hollering. <laughs> it cheers me on. Saying amen to a preacher is like saying sick him to a dog. <laughs> we need you. It's not so fun to preach to an empty building. During COVID, my goodness. You know, it was COVID. I was going through chemo and poor Larry, he'd come in every week. <laughs> we, were, we were closed, but he'd come in and he'd preach to the camera. Empty building and he'd get up here. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't easy, nobody pulling it out of him. You know, we need to see each other face to face. But more than that, people need people. Tikkun Olam is the people business. And I got to tell you, an important part of our development, each of us, whether it's in business, ministry, family, whatever it is, whatever area of our lives, it is about people. People don't care how much we know till they know how much we care. And they need to be surrounded by people that love them. It is so important, the role that each of you plays. Yes, you can stream. You know, I streamed for a year because I couldn't come out uh, because of, of chemo. But I'm telling you, it was not the same. I love streaming. Thank God for it. But I love being in the midst of God's people. I love feeling your energy. I love feeling the anointing. And it comes through on stream. Thank God for it. Or TV, whatever. But I'm telling you, if you can be here, be here. If you can be in any church, be there. Because you might not need them, but somebody might need you. And you are representing to that world that God is God and he is the God of victory. Amen? Blessed are the available because they are the conduits, the smiling faces, the greeters, the matchmakers, the minglers, the chatters, the helpers. The first to arrive, the last to leave. The pickers up of people and the pickers up of trash in the aisles. <laughs> Picking up the styrofoam cups that are left after the meetings in the, in the lobby. Picking up all the trash. Picking up the, the debris left behind. But more than that, picking up people's hearts and people's spirits. Because people need picking up sometimes. Blessed are those who are the huggers, the smilers. The greeters, the minglers, the rememberer of names, the askers of how are you doing, and then staying to hear the answer. Blessed are those who 
pray for people and seek for God to move in their lives and mean it with all their hearts. Blessed are those that contend not just for their own prayers to be met, but for the prayers of others to be met. Blessed are those who dare to care. Blessed are those in their generosity, in their giving, their finances for the work of God, but in their hearts, their souls, their lives, their times. Blessed are those who are the fillers of needs. Blessed are those who are available. Blessed are those who show up. Blessed are those that make their time available for others and for God to use our lives. Big or small, when no one is looking, no one at all except for God. Blessed are the available. Amen. So if we want to live our lives in the flow of God's favor, get on that path. It's not a huge thing. People sometimes, oh God, if I could just see a burning bush. (laughs) If I could just hear your voice. Listen, I've prayed those prayers. Like, come on, God, I need to know. Listen, when you're packing up your life and you're moving to Australia, knowing nobody, you got two little kids and it's like we're leaving everything we've, okay. Going, yep, okay. You want to know you're hearing from God. Not a pepperoni pizza or not a sermon fabricated to make you want to go. God, I need to hear from you. This is our entire life. And so we are very intentional about hearing from God. But for the most part, it's getting on that path and moving forward. His word is a light. It's step by step, step by step, step by step, moving forward, doing what you're supposed to do. And that flow of God's blessing meets you on that path. Does that make sense? Amen. So I want you to stand with me right now. There's so many other things, but for right now, let me just read you something about in 2015 or so, somewhere around there, I did a women's conference and I did, um, I named it color your world, color your mind with the beautiful, bold promises of God. And kind of what I talked about today is, is what the focus of that was. When there's so much noise in the world, so much negative, so many awful things, color your mind with the bright, bold, beautiful promises of God. There are over 8,000 good, great promises in God's word. That's a lot of good chatter. That's a lot of good voices to put in your mind. Amen? Amen? Hello? <laughs> and so let me just, just read you something that I wrote to kind of define what this is about, what that was about, and I believe still is. We're going to have that today where we break the strongholds and the limitations of the negative, fearful thinking and of past events. We're going to repaint the images in our minds with the 8,000 promises of God's word. 
We're going to release God's unlimited promises and possibilities of favor, grace, help, equipping, wisdom, insights, health, and abundance over our lives. Experience the renewing and the refreshing of God's presence as he breathes his breath of life into our hearts, souls, minds, as we grasp hold of a God-sized vision for our lives. Every day, every day, we awake with a fresh blank canvas in our hearts and minds. With our thoughts and words, we paint images for our actions to follow. Our thoughts determine the boundaries of who we are. They become the words that we speak, and those words become our actions, and those actions become our habits. It's a chain reaction branding our image, self-esteem, confidence, and expectations, either for the negative or the positive. Proverbs 4.23 tells us, above all else, to guard our hearts and minds, for it determines the course of our life. What words are coloring your heart and your mind? What words are creating the boundaries for your future and your destiny? So today, I want us in a very happy and positive and exciting way to let go of some junk that's cluttering our lives and keeping us from God's best. You know what it is. If it's certain voices or people or editing or, you know, whatever it is, time-wise, whatever it is, you know, get up 15 minutes early. Spend that time with God. Cut yourself off from social, you know, cut yourself off from scrolling and all that jazz to a degree. Spend that time reading God's word. How about come to church 15 minutes early? It's not huge insurmountable things it's little chunks of decisions that make big impact in your life instead of getting here just in the nick of time for the message get here 15 minutes before service hang out in the lobby meet somebody new have a cup of coffee with somebody tell them man you look good today you're i'm so glad you're here what's your name and then stay around to remember it Amen. Do some things that will make a difference in your life and in somebody else's. Color your mind. Color your mind. Don't let the world drop its junk in your mind. Color your mind with the bold, beautiful 8,000 promises of God that are for you, your family, and your future. Amen. Lift your hands right now. Father, thank you for this new year. Thank you, God, for our beautiful and wonderful congregation and our stream family all over the world. Father, thank you for the people that you have allowed us to be a part of their lives and their lives to be a part of our lives. But more than anything, God, that we can be a part of you and what you're doing in the world today. Father, we recommit our souls, our hearts, and our lives our time to you. Father, we choose to go from good to great. We choose to go from okay to being an influence in the world for you. 
We choose to stop being influenced by the negative in the world and to become influencers for you. Father, we choose this day to press into all that you have for us to be and to do. And God, to do it all for your glory and to make a difference in this world and an impact for you. Lord, we commit ourselves to spend time in your presence to know you, to know the great realms of who you are, your power. You are God Almighty, but you are God our Father. And Lord, we seek to know you in greater, greater realms, and we commit to share you with the world around us. We will do our part, Lord, and we believe you to do your part. And as we do our best, you will do the rest. Bless us so we can be an even greater blessing to the world. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people, shout it, shout it, shout it, amen. Come on, give him some praise. Give him some praise. Let me feel your heart. Let me feel your heart receiving this today, amen. God bless you and thanks for showing up. (laughs) 